I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Connecting the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I am here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, and we are so happy to have you joining us here for the Daily Journal Monday through Thursday and then a double dose on Saturday. Hey, J.C., we have a really exciting week coming up. Yeah, we sure do. are leaving this afternoon for Oklahoma City. And man, I am so excited and so pumped up about this adventure. We're going to be at uh, Christian Heritage Academy uh, tomorrow morning teaching the high school a six hour seminar on the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Man, I don't know what gets better than that. Yeah. Maybe spending the rest of the week in colleges in Oklahoma teaching the Constitution. That's how that gets better. We have an entire week, and I'm talking Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three times on Friday and again on uh, Saturday in Oklahoma City. And Monday through Friday, we are going to be teaching in high schools and college campuses Liberty. And I'm going to tell you what, JC, I can't think of any place that needs an education on liberty more than our high school and college campuses. Most definitely. We have seen so many scary stories as of late. Uh, these, this, this generation, these futures of liberty who have, have no understanding about how the Constitution is supposed to work and, and even their inherent liberties. You know, we are right now preparing uh, because we are Floridians, we are right now preparing a voter guide for Floridians for our November election. We have on our November election ballot constitutional amendments. There's actually 12 of them. I am so ashamed, JC. We we must have the most ludicrous constitution in the state of Florida a constitution that takes volumes rather than principles. It's turned yeah. into a statute book. It's bonkers. We have, we actually, most people, I don't know know this unless they've been listening to the show for a while. We actually have a constitutional amendment that establishes constitutional rights for pregnant pigs yep. here in Florida. 
if, if that does not make us the laughing stock of the union, I don't know what does. And now we have 12 new amendments uh, proposed for our uh, ballots, for our Constitution here in Florida. And I, I, I have been doing this amendment ballot uh, voter guide for, oh my goodness, four years now at least. Yeah, I, I think this goes on in other states too that have an open amendment process yeah. for their constitution. It's just it's just really a disaster. And what happens, what we've seen in Florida, and it's probably the same in other places, what happens is, the, the like you said, the constitution becomes a statute book. And, you know, you what you were explaining, I think actually in the guide, uh, was that the constitution should be reserved for issues that concern fundamental rights of citizens and structure and function of government. And, uh, you know, one of the big things that I've seen the last few years, they try to stick these taxing uh, type amendments in there, particularly, you know, raising this exemption and that exemption, expanding, uh, you know, all these exemptions. And and I, you know, on the one hand, I think it's um, it's something that they can't pass in the legislature, something they don't want to be accountable for for you know as far as the taxes that go up but then uh the exemptions are just sort of uh little breadcrumbs to voters so some some politician is going to be able to point to it and say hey i gave you this you know so a couple people see that they get 600 bucks back or whatever and and think the funny thing about a couple of these amendments when you read them and look into them it's only going to benefit a handful of people but everybody going to the ballot you know the the booth is reading it and probably thinking that they're going to get some money back or that's going to benefit them. And probably the majority of the voters are not going to be affected right. by a no, lot of these things. But they'll vote for it because they see, oh, that's more money in my pocket. This is a unique ballot initiative for Florida because we had a constitutional committee. Oh, man. This yeah. term. That was a disaster. Uh, to, to make suggestions for amending the Constitution. It's something that's written into our Constitution periodically that that's supposed to happen. And I'm going to tell you what. In the four years that I've been making this voter amendment guide, this is the by far worst list of proposed amendments I have seen in four years. And every single one of these horrendously awful ballot initiatives comes from this committee it yeah, is just six terrible through 13 are the worst six through 13 the are committee. the they are awful and they come yeah. out of the committee and the part of the, part of the problem with the with the ballot initiatives that come out of the committee we have a law here in florida that says every every ballot initiative must have a single subject rule yeah except single issue, single issue rule except for then the the, the commission the commission which is a citizens commission every 20 years and it goes around the state and you can somehow offer a bunch of stuff. The so committee, we, committee talks to people around the state yeah. and then they come up with these ballot initiatives. And, and so they bundled yeah, together. What they call bundling. So one single amendment like, OK, you're raising the age of somebody on the Supreme Court. Then you're, uh, you know, uh, let's raise this veterans benefit. And, you know, and then something else completely unrelated, let's outlaw Greyhound racing or something. I mean, I think that's a separate one. But anyway, there's several things together. So you may have an opinion on, 
it may be different on each of these, right? But right. you're you got to vote yes or no to all of all three of them collectively. Well, you know what? It's ridiculous. Related or unrelated, I I maybe because I connect dots, maybe because you know I have that tendency, the tinfoil hat tendency. Yeah, maybe they're not. But unrelated. They're uh, no, they are unrelated. But I think there's an intentional bundling of them. So in oh, yeah, each yeah. of these bundles, you have one issue that is highly emotionally right. and politically motivated that you really want to support. That you really want to support bundled with the most awful amendments you uh-huh. can imagine and we're and i when i mean awful i don't mean just it's poorly written and it's ridiculous to read i mean they are destructive so, to the rights and the liberties so of the, the people. one the one i think 12 or 13 i can't remember the one actually takes away a restriction of people being prosecuted under laws that didn't exist Right. When no. they committed the crime. Uh, so now they're changed. They yep. want to change the Constitution to say that you can be prosecuted by some law that's changed, even though it wasn't illegal. Yeah. So basically you, what this is, is a legalization of ex post facto laws. It's nuts. It is man. The, the Florida Constitution. If this particular initiative passes, will legalize the creation and prosecution of ex post facto yeah. laws. So that goes back to star chamber, man. You just, oh, hey, God. you commit this crime. Why? Because I just made it up. So you're guilty. Right. Like What? It's just, and that's craziness. So look, if you live in Florida, you have friends who live in Florida, family members who live in Florida, we are going to be posting uh, a link and a PDF download to this voter amendment guide or amendment, yeah, voter amendment guide for the 2018 Florida election. You can uh, send them the link, print it out. Now look, there are 12 I, I just can't get over that. Twelve amendments proposed on this ballot. So the guide is a little bit lengthy. But let me tell you what. This is important. This is so important that well, everybody, every Floridian ought to be reading this. You know, and you need to think about, like, you need to have something where you, where you actually think about it, right? Mm-hmm. You see all these guides. Like, we look at guides, that, mm-hmm. the Democrat, progressive League of Whatever. American the, Women's it, all Voters. All these groups, and it's just, well, actually, League of American, League w- of Women Women's Voters, Voters, they actually give explanation. But so many of these just, it's like they have a list, 1 through 12, and it just says yes or no, yes, no, vote yes, vote no. So they're just telling them the way they should vote, mm-hmm. and people don't even think for themselves. <laughs> I was laughing because I, I wrote up the guide, and JC always comes behind me and cleans it up and helps expand it. This time, JC did a whole lot of work on this one. Uh, because it is important, he wants to be an informed voter as well. But you know, in the last four years that I've done this, I, I really go out of my way to 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 present a constitutional and unbiased perspective. Yeah. And I go out of my way to not tell people how to vote because I believe voting is a very important personal issue. I believe that we are eternally accountable for how we vote. I believe that is scripturally sound as well. And But this time... Um, still constitutional, still not biased, but 
some of these, like the 6 through 13, yeah. are so offensive to yeah, the sense of liberty and 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 Republican-style government that that I had to use a stronger language than I yeah. did before. You, you still weren't saying vote this way, but no. you're showing here's, here's why this shouldn't be in here. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't even be doing it like this. It's more, and it's a lot of it's the process. Like, this is what goes over people's heads. And I, you talked about, you know, we had an amendment not too long ago that that directed the legislature to do to fund this sunrail, this monorail thing between two certain, I don't know, Orlando, Tampa, something, two certain cities in Florida was this big, massive financial boondoggle, didn't work. But it was on the Constitution, which, which meant, okay, now you got to do it. Well, the legislatures, after we got in the Constitution, then everybody realized, well, it's not possible. We're not going to be able to do it this. It is not financially possible. And so they just, just ignored it. Ignored so a constitutional... Let me repeat that. Ignored a constitutional amendment. Yeah, so now we have to have an amendment to delete it, and they're calling it obsolete. But in fact, it's not obsolete. It was just simply ignored. So we've created a situation where the legislatures... The legislature has been able to just ignore the Constitution, and that's okay. Training them to ignore the Constitution without consequence. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And I just want to mention to you, when we publish this this voter guide uh, today, I want you guys, I mean, seriously, Facebook reaches so many people. Twitter reaches so many people. Uh, LinkedIn reaches so many people. And whatever social media you're on, whatever group you're in, you're bound to touch some Floridian somewhere, yeah. please share this. This is so very important. Well, and it's a broader conversation. You know, not every, obviously not everybody listens is in Florida, but the, the broader point here is pay attention to yes. s- your state and what's going on in your state. Yes. When we have elections coming up, mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. just uh, federal, right. okay? And it's not just simply in many states, it's not just electing people, right? right You're right, talking right. about, in many states, when you have these ballot initiatives and all this sort of thing, these propositions and whatever they call them in different states, you, you are altering the framework of government, how your government operates and functions. And, and in many cases, you basically have the people, uh, you know, legislation, legislating in mass. In other words, mob rule. Democracy. And, and that's what you see this thing in Florida. Uh, every, it seems like ev- almost every amendment basically move is moving our state government away from representative government into pure democracy i mean that's that's what we're dealing with and here's the thing you can take that a moment uh, amendment voter guide that we make and use it as a template for your own state yeah you use it as a template for your own state i mean i obviously I wish I could do this for all 50 states, but I simply don't have the time or the resources to do that. But you can use this and start it up in yours. I mean, this thing, this amendment voter guide actually defeated, 
I I know was absolutely instrumental in defeating a, an amendment an amendment on the Florida ballot. Well, I know that so because we became we came under political yeah, attack for that. Non grata. I I think <laughs> persona it, non grata. The biggest thing to me that that we miss and the, the problem I see with a lot of these the propositions and ballot initiatives and constitutional amendments on the ballot is that we jump right into debating the content of the amendment, mm-hmm. right? So we'll see some tax-related thing, and do I want this? Do I not want mm-hmm. this? And we miss the bigger picture that this should not be a part of a state constitution. This, this is, is a legislative issue. So it doesn't matter whether you agree, it, or it seems to me, it shouldn't matter whether you actually agree with the contents of the amendment because by doing it in this manner and allowing this to happen, you're actually doing more fundamental damage to the processes of government. And I don't think people understand the long-term consequences where the, we're eroding the, the, the structures of representative government and moving toward pure democracy and then training uh, legislators and training citizens to view their government in this manner and, and building these precedents of things like like the legislature ignoring the Constitution, uh, mm. or or I or here is understand how dangerous yeah, that or is. here is this group who doesn't have to follow this principle of single issue. You know, it's right. good for them. So you have this this law applies to this group, but it doesn't apply to this quasi governmental uh, body. So just so many bad uh, seeds being sown that are in many cases separate from the actual argument contained within the the subject matter of the amendment. And that, to me, is so subtle and so deceptive. And I don't think we realize this happens. This happens national level and state level, mm-hmm. you know, at every level of government. And, I, and, and this is what you try to talk about all the time, that I look around, it's like this stuff goes over people's heads. They don't even notice the, the deeper truths here and how they're eroding fundamental processes and fundamental principles well here's the thing your the tyranny imposed on you by state will hit you a lot harder a lot faster and a lot deeper than the tyranny of the federal government so that's why these things are so very very important after the break we're going to have a guest a guest is a friend of ours, Matt Waters, who is running for U.S. Congress representing the state of Virginia. Now, you guys know that I have a strict no uh, endorsement policy. So this interview is not an endorsement. But what this is is, is an interview to help us understand what it's like to be someone outside of the two-party paradigm running for office. Because Matt Waters is not a Republican and he's not a Democrat. And I think we can learn some things from this interview. Be right back. Constitution, and from every direction, we cry revolution. Standing together and without permission. Soldiers for truth in the war of attrition. The love of our country. As I The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Ooh, 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 but I'm 
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. We have our special guest with us, Matt Waters, running for U.S. Congress. And remember, he is not a Republican. He is not a Democrat. And we want to know what it's like trying to break the third two-party paradigm. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Matt, we are so happy to have you with us. I'm glad to be here, uh, Chris and J.D. It, this is wonderful. It's a great opportunity. I appreciate you, as you well know. Um, you know, my consulting practice, I, I've, uh, I've lobbied and successfully lobbied to have you speak at multiple conferences over the years. So I'm, I'm glad to, and, and at, at J.C. here at the last conference, which uh, was fantastic. So Yeah, we had a great you. time. Yeah, so uh, Matt, you're actually involved now with with Star Parker's uh, group, uh, Cure, Cure Center for Urban yeah. Renewal and Education. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So I, I work. Yeah, among I've worked with Star for a number of years. I, I work with a, a lot of right of center organizations, libertarian organizations. I was with, of course, Students for Liberty Institute for Humane Studies. Um, so in, in a lot of uh, pro-life organizations, in fact, I, I spent uh, eight years at uh, the uh, Pregnancy Center Ministry of CareNet. I still do a lot of work in that adoption uh, world and the, the pregnancy center world and the maternity home world. So uh, a lot a lot of that work, yeah, and, and, and then just straight charities. I've done veterans uh, charities before. Um, uh, so a number of different candidates, PACs, that sort of thing. So, Matt, we are all about um, liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over personality. And J.C. and I are very Washingtonian in our politics. We believe that, uh, as Washington stated in his farewell address, that, that political parties, uh, the division that political parties recreated would, would be a threat to liberty itself. And so what we want to know, we, we've already told the audience that you're running for U.S. Congress and that you're not a Republican and you're not a Democrat. And we want to know from you, we want to learn from you what it's like being uh, outside the two-party paradigm as you're trying to run for office. Well, first off, where, where are you running for exactly, Matt? Yeah, so let me clarify. So there, it's, it's actually the United States Senate. And oh, the Senate, Old my Dominion. bad. Yeah, the Old Dominion here in Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia, in fact. Um, so yeah, statewide actually. So yeah, and I can, I'd be happy to tell you about that. My father asked me just the other day, he said, Hey, what are you learning? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So what are you learning? Well, you know, the constitution has several requirements for us to run for office, right? If you're a Senator, I think you have to be 35, you know, a citizen of the United States, a citizen of Virginia. But if you're a third party candidate, depending on what state you're in, there are other requirements you have to meet. Um, here in Virginia, uh, we have to uh, turn in the signatures of over 10,000 registered voters, and they have to be proven registered voters, and, and, and uh, 450 of those registered voters have to come from each of the 11 congressional districts you, here you, in Virginia. You alone, you as an individual, have to do that. That's right. That's right. So, wow. and party, yeah. And, and I'll tell you what happens is, is there's a significant cost to that. So there's an entry cost. There's, a, there's about a $35,000 entry cost just to, you know, to be on the ballot. Now, if the Libertarian Party, and I'm just speaking about Virginia in this case, and they vary, 
so in Virginia, if we, if we come in at 10% on election day, the state of Virginia will recognize us as an official party, I believe, for five years consecutively, which means that all the congressional candidates, all the statewide candidates, Senate, governor, House, uh, state House, state delegate, et cetera, will not have to spend money to appear on the ballot. Hmm. And that's that that would be that would you know, let's just put it in dollars and cents. It'd be about you know, maybe around a half a million dollars savings to the political party, um, you know, over the next five years. Well, let me ask you this question. So what you're telling us then is Republicans and Democrats don't have to pay this enormous fee because they're a recognized party. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And, and they can decide how they want to hold primaries. So this year, the Republicans, I think there were five Republicans in a primary. And the Republican Party this year decided to, to force the candidates to actually uh, uh, do this ballot initiative process the same way we do, uh, the Libertarian Party had to. So this was an odd year. They, they wanted to test the fundraising strength, I believe, of the various candidates. Um, and, and then the Republican Party actually counted uh, the signatures. Uh, and I know that one of the gentlemen who was uh, in that primary, uh, he was 100 signatures short. He ended up suing the, the Republican Party. It became kind of a, a big mess. You know, um, I'm sitting here, Matt, and, and JC is squirming and he's, rub- and he's wringing his hands and, and you sh- uh, he's, he's got an issue that he needs no, addressed. He's really thinking, irritated at no, how I, all this works. I, I think. was just thinking it's good to be king, right? I mean, this. Yeah. We, we saw some of this. Uh, we had a candidate here, Adrian Wiley, and. Um, in Florida, we, we have a similar issue with with the um, the debates. So, you know, you have to jump through all kind of hoops to be included in these in the public debates. And they kept right. moving the bar. So Adrian would meet yeah. the mark and then they would go change the rules and raise the bar higher to try to keep, you know, any non Republican, non Democrat out of the public eye. So what you're telling me just from a basic perspective that if the government doesn't recognize you as a party, meaning you don't have so enough, uh, so many signatures or whatever. You right. actually have to buy your way into an election that is free uh, or without cost for anybody who has the seal of approval for those in government who are running for government. So the government is is determining who can and who cannot run for government. What's more, the yeah, parties. I mean, that's, that's why I started with the Constitution, because the qualifications to run for office are just a few things. But then states come in and, and layer that with other with other barriers. Right. And the two parties, they don't want they don't want any of the parties involved. They don't want the Greens or the Reform or the Libertarians or the Constitution. Party. They don't want anyone else on the ballot. And it, that's that's so, you know, getting back to the original question, what have I learned? Well, we're persona non grata. They don't want us there. They don't. They don't. The media, I think, are uh, they? They kind of flirt with this idea that people are fed up with politics as usual, want a third party. But at the end of the day, um, the Republicans and Democrats control the levers. They've been here a very long time. They have fundraising bases. They have executive directors. They have uh, databases of which none of which I have. It's very much a, a you. You really are. The, it's on the candidate to make this happen. You got to work uh, your butt off. Yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, so, I, I, as you know, I just I've just spent three days on the road, uh, racing up and down the state. And I literally just walked into my my office here after campaigning up and down the state. And, and it's, um, it, you know, we have no paid staff. 
Um, every penny we bring in, we're, we're trying to do fundraising. We're trying to get out the vote and, and, and get our name out there and, and take meetings, et cetera. So it's, it's an uphill battle, I'll tell you. So talking to Matt Waters here, let me ask you, Matt, in, in light of uh, He's running for said, Senate as a libertarian in the yep. state of Virginia. <laughs> so, Matt, what differentiates you, what distinguishes you from the Republican or the Democrat and why why do we need an alternative? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, so you know, every I'll just start with maybe a thirty thousand foot question. One, the parties are are really going through quite a bit of turmoil. Let's let's take the Republican Party. We had a thing called a Tea Party just a few years ago, right? That really came at them. Right. Um, and then you have Donald Trump, who some people say swallowed up the Republican Party and the eighteen people he ran against, who are all elected officials of one side or the other. Then you've got the Democrats. You've got this communist socialist element that's kind of forcing its way in Bernie Sanders and all that. And the libertarians, I don't think, is much different. I mean, I think you've got a, you've got a, a, a left-leaning uh, uh, element inside of the libertarian party that is uh, leftist on social issues, and, and they get that from the idea that individual liberty, you can have as much a, a, of that as you want. We encourage that, and we do. And, and there's so, so you have some libertarian candidates that lead with the social issues, like let's legalize pot, uh, and that's fine. I'm, I'm, I come, I kind of, I'm, I'm a bit more old school. I go back to the economic. Uh, value proposition that the Libertarian Party has always brought uh, to uh, the Republican Party, mostly to the right, yeah. which is a very limited government, a very limited role for government. You look at Ayn Rand, who is, you know, uh, uh, coming out of, uh, of Russia, of communist Russia, who saw a centralized plan and didn't work, saw a big government and a nanny state that did not work. So did Milton Friedman and, and, and Frederick Hayek, who wrote The Road to Serfdom and won the Nobel Peace Prize from that book in 1974. You know, these guys... And ladies uh, said, hey, look, there's a, there, you don't want to go to this socialist model we've had over in Europe. We need to do something different. And they all critiqued America and said, you're lurching that way. Uh, Ronald Reagan said, in, my, in fact, in 1976, an interview he gave to Reason Magazine said, behind every good, libertar behind every good conservative, there stands a libertarian. Right. And, and I think what he meant by that. Was that you know you you really you really want to get to a limited government as as I think Goldwater said I want a government so small it's invisible, you know uh, that's that's the old school libertarian, and, and I think that's kind of the magic of the party that's what we bring uh, to the debate, but I'll, and, and then that's so that's one number two is well why is it important well. We believe that the two major parties, as as uh, George um, Wallace said back in '68, there's not a dime's worth of difference between the two major political parties. I think Wallace was a little generous. I don't think two cents worth of difference. And let me <laughs> explain that. That sounds. I'm not. I'm not being arrogant, really. So if you, if you look at the budget, and we do that, it's 4.2 trillion dollars. Um, you know, two trillion dollars. About half of the budget is spent in entitlements, right? It's Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. The Congressional Budget Office has said repeatedly these programs don't work and they're going broke. And the major political parties, Democrat and Republican, don't want to touch the third rail. They won't touch it. So they agree on that. They agree not to touch it, not to reform it, not to do anything. 
Then you have military spending. This is where we really break with our, well, we break with our conservative friends, even on, and Democrat friends on entitlement spending. Let's change it. Let's reform it. Let's fix it. Let's, let's privatize it. Let's do a PPP, a public private partnership, and then move it to a private partnership where it's a lot, where you do have individual retirement accounts and a social security number with, with your name on it and, and real money in the bank, which is, it's just IOUs right now. Um, but then you look at defense spending. I mean, we're spending over $700 billion billion dollars a year in defense that's bigger than we than the Chinese the Russians the Germans the French the British and Saudi Arabia spend combined we have a gigantic military budget 2.5 million people in that system working soldiers and support personnel so so Matt I and need I, you to Matt I need you to sort of yeah. hold that thought for a second uh, we are about to go into a break we will come back right after this break and pick up with our interview with Matt and uh, JC is going to start us off Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Our final segment, our interview with Matt Waters running for Senate in the state of Virginia. Not a Republican, not a Democrat, but a Libertarian, an outside, a persona non grata. JC, you have a question for Matt. Well, I was just, you know, obviously Matt was talking about how there's clearly distinct differences between, you know, the liberty-minded constitutionalist libertarian uh view on spending and uh, the democrats spending is out of control the republicans spending out of control it's always it's always funny to me how you see the two sides arguing with each other but they're they actually end up doing the same thing just for different reasons they each have their little pet areas and it's right. you know it's statism in this area or stated as statism in this area uh so i was wondering in in our current political climate, right? It seems to me you have sort of two parallel things going on right now. So you do have this sort of broad, um, let's say, disgust or or uh, frustration with the dysfunction of the two parties. But then at the same time, you have this um, almost inexplicable, um, you know, s- center of gravity nexus of all political reality we call donald trump so do you see as you are going around certainly in in virginia do you do you see um a an appetite for an alternative yeah i think that i think it starts with the vitriol i think people are very um they they just and look i, I we got to call a spade a spade it's it's the left i mean i, I don't think it, I don't, if you if you if you have eyes to see then you'll see pretty clearly this is really coming at it from the left the left on the kavanaugh hearings the left on college campuses um uh so so there's certainly that but then you do have pushback uh, from the right i mean the right used to be you know, the party of Jack Kemp and, and, and the Graham Rudman tax cut stuff and, you know, Enterprise Zone. We were thinking and we were putting out good stuff. And I, I think we've delved into and fallen off into kind of this uh, uh, what the left is doing. We're, we're screaming back. 
And it certainly Trump's part of that. I mean, the tweets and all the rest, you can't deny that he's he's part of that issue. So <laughs> I think there's certainly vitriol. And there's a level at which, I mean, we're seeing this with threats. Susan Collins votes for Kavanaugh. Now she's under police protection right now. They, this is the kind of stuff that's way, way out of bounds. Um, uh, so so I think, that, yeah, they, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to play into that. One of my opponents said he's going to wage the most vicious campaign and, you know, senatorial, you know, history, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm just not going to go there. What I want to talk about is policy and solutions because all people want solutions, black, white, left or right. They want good education. They want good, great schools. They want safe neighborhoods. They want a home they can afford and a job they can go to and, and participate in and, and use their God-given creativity and talents to, you know, pour into this economy and provide for their family. Matt, and, and, if, you know, if people want to get in touch with you and yeah. uh, learn how to be a libertarian candidate like you or just to to learn what a libertarian platform looks like at a Senate level, how, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, sort of thanks, thanks, Chris. And you can go to the website, which is mattwaters.com, M-A-T-T-W-A-T-E-R-S.com. Um, and, and you can see there, and of course, the Libertarian Party as well, the National Party, I think it's LP.org. Um, you know, we've articulated a lot of different positions, and, and there's some movement there, just like the Republican Party or the Democrat Party. Uh, you can you can take exception with us on certain things, but but uh, that that's where you'll find that. Yeah. So I um I am a little L libertarian. I told you we're Washingtonian, so we we're not yeah. really party affiliated in any way, shape, or form. But it's funny because we describe ourselves as the little L libertarian. All of a sudden, now I'm classified as an anarchist. Do you guys have people <laughs> come to you and say, why would you be an anarchist kind of thing? Because I think that's some people have that false uh, conception. Yeah, I mean, you, you, it's all over the place. I mean, it's, it's like Christianity. I mean, if you're a Christian, you know that you have Catholics, you have Pentecostals and Baptists, and, and they're all kind of differences on that spectrum, right? And that's okay. It's all right. So, so there's there we have a big spectrum. Of course, you got anarchists, capitalists, and you know, all kind of different spectrums. But, but I, I, I'm what I would call myself a Cato libertarian, based on the Cato Institute in Washington D.C., which is where I'm getting a lot of my policy positions from, and I always have. I've been a card-carrying member of the party since about 2008. Well, hey, Matt, uh, so, I don't mean to cut yeah. you off, but we're, we got to go. And, awesome, uh, man. We're happy to have I you have with us. Thank you so much. Remember, you can find him at mattwaters.com. Thank you so much, Matt, for spending your time with us. Thank you for being a part of this process and breaking the paradigm. God bless you guys. We will see you again tomorrow. America, America, I gave my best to you.